safe to say the Miami Hurricanes offense has hit a bit of a slump. Are drastic personnel changes needed? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at you again for another Monday episode. I am Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers and the multi-dayers. Is that a thing? This is our second episode of the day. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Miami Hurricanes offense in the first four games of the season, uh, everything looked perfectly balanced. Tyler Van Dyke was playing great. Shannon Dawson was hitting all the high notes with his play calling. Hurricanes in the first four games where they went 4-0, didn't score less than 38 points in any of those games, had scored in the 40s three straight times after the opener against Miami of Ohio. These last couple games, 20 points against Georgia Tech, 31 against North Carolina. Some of those were um, garbage time, if I can use. Obviously, you needed to keep scoring and try to come back, but you know, late game touchdowns when you were down multiple scores. Uh, And in the third quarter against North Carolina, it was Murphy's Law on both sides of the football. But the offense, those two third quarter turnovers, Miami was outscored 21-0 in that third quarter after leading at halftime. Oh, man, it's raised a lot of questions. And that's what we're doing on this episode. It's like a town hall episode of Locked on Canes. I've been taking questions from you guys at our Locked on Canes Insiders text messaging group. You can join by clicking the link in the show description below. You could try it free for 14 days. Then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. $4.99 a month, that is. We give you a lot of added value on there, like breaking news, recruiting scoops, show previews, one-on-one questions and answers. And yes, a lot of questions are being asked about Tyler Van Dyke, about Shannon Dawson, about why certain parts of the offense aren't being used more. We get this uh, question from DatDude239, who says, do you believe it's time for Miami to move on from Tyler Van Dyke? He has no emotions. What is he, a cyborg? He has no emotions and seems whenever his ego gets bruised, he kind of has this nonchalant attitude and folds uh, with every play. I'm still a fan of TVD. Great kid, but that competitive nature, I just do not see it in him. Um, Okay, so as far as, like, okay, you're asking, like, right now, is it time to move on from Tyler Van Dyke? No. And I say that with confidence, not with confidence in the way Van Dyke has been playing, because the last two weeks have not been up to par, folks. Uh, Van Dyke has thrown five interceptions in the past two games he's not seeing the field he's not making good decisions he's locking in on Xavier Restrepo way 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 too much now uh, obviously I I like Tyler a, a lot and I have stood up for him a lot on the show and I will hopefully be able to continue to do so you know I know that it, it has been revealed that he's been playing with ligament damage in his throwing hand all season long I I'm saying it now just to give you guys all the information. I know what your response is going to be. Well, 
How come we weren't talking about that when he was playing well? It's just excuses, Dono. It's excuses. It's reality. You either have ligament damage or you don't. That is something he's playing through. But that doesn't explain the poor decision-making, okay? So it's not been good these past couple of weeks for Tyler Van Dyke. But, like, do you move on from Tyler? No, here's – um. I can also be a knee-jerk reaction guy when Miami loses. I do not take losses well. But, guys, it's two losses, right? It's not five, six losses. This team still has a lot to play for. So uh, maybe we can have this conversation again a month, month and a half from now if Miami keeps losing games and you may not even make a bowl game and anything is in jeopardy. That's when you talk about giving another quarterback a shot because right now, guys, four and two record, you still have a lot to play for. You know, you're not mathematically eliminated from the ACC. You're obviously, you know, got a, a good chance at making a bowl game. The only question Miami's coaches have to ask themselves right now is, does Tyler Van Dyke give us the best chance to win? And if the answer to that question is yes, and I believe the answer to that question is yes, you keep starting him. Okay. Now, if, you know, the injury situation maybe has gotten worse and aggravated, or again, if we're in a situation in a few weeks when Miami's offense has completely come off the rails, there might come a time, I hope it doesn't come, where you talk about giving someone else an opportunity. But uh, unfortunately, folks, um, I love Emory Williams. I think Emory Williams can end up being, uh, you know, potentially even better than Tyler Van Dyke at some point in the future. I just don't think that his time as a true freshman is right now. I don't think it's time when you still have so much to play for to bench your upperclassman experienced quarterback for a true freshman. That time has not come yet. Jakari Brown, um, you know, probably still has the same issues that he has with his throwing accuracy. If anything, guys, if we're talking about making changes and tweaks to the offense, Jakari still does have those four games. He can still play in this year while preserving that red shirt. Maybe you start thinking about a package for him. Um, and again, I'm not necessarily a big fan of that because anytime you take your starting quarterback off the field, it can, you know, it can disrupt the rhythm. But if your offense is starting to get stale, I think having something like that in your back pocket to be able to use Jakari situationally. I don't think you can rule that out, but no, at this point, guys, it's it's too early to have a conversation about benching Tyler Van Dyke. That that's the conversation you have when you're two and four, uh, not four and two, or you're one and five. Like this is not a conversation that we should even be having right now. Uh, we get a question from Colby who says, "If Tyler Van Dyke is not the answer." At what point do we try a different quarterback? I already answered that. Uh, he says, I really think Jakari could bring some fire and dual threat ability to the offense. Um, so I, I, I don't know. There's not a whole lot I can say to that question that I didn't say already. But thank you, Colby. And thank you, Dat Dude, because a lot of people have been asking about Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, we get one uh, question and comment from Mike who says, well, here's my question. Why are some UM fans so narrow minded? It sucks to lose. But the sun comes up the next day, and we're already planning for Clemson in our heads. It is going to click, and we will start winning as though it's normal to win. Uh, well, Mike, I hope we someday soon find a time again where winning does feel normal among Miami fans. Uh, as far as like why Miami fans are narrow-minded or they react the way that they do, 
we've been conditioned for that. I think we all know it. Um, you know, th- this what's the culture at Miami been for the last 15, almost 20 years now at this point? The culture has been fans get disappointed. Just when you think the U is back, they're not. Um, we have set a precedent down here where you're basically firing head coaches every three to four years. Um, I'm, I'm still on board the Mario train, believe it or not. I know some of you are like, what kind of a shill is this guy? I can't believe he's still defending Mario. Uh, I still believe he's got the big picture and the recruiting heading in the right direction, and we do need to give it time. I wish it was developing faster than it is right now but I still I still do believe in the direction the program is going in but Miami fans have been conditioned this rinse and repeat mentality of everything coming apart at the scene at the seams you know no coach lasts around these parts more than three to four years tops usually three not four Uh, and that's just been the cycle that's been the cycle for almost the past two decades so I think Miami fans are accustomed to when the team loses, that loss becomes two, three, four, five losses, and it's catastrophic. Um, I hope it's different this year. I, I think they do have characters on this team as far as like the individuals and, and the assistant coaches and the players who can help work through this adversity. Uh, but we're still waiting for that, okay? But I think that's why Miami fans are so reactive and so narrow-minded, as you say. It's just, unfortunately, uh, the culture we've kind of seen established down here. So we'll continue. We'll take more of your questions and comments on what Miami can tweak on the offensive side of the football, even if it does mean keeping the same quarterback in there, which I believe is what they have to do at this point. As we like to say, we're only getting started. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. My friends, buying tickets, especially last-minute tickets to sporting events, should not be a stressful experience. And it isn't a stressful experience when you use Game Time. This app is absolutely incredible. I log on to the Game Time app, and they have right in front of me, boom, all the big events in my area, prices that I, I can't believe how low the prices are to get into some of these amazing games. Guys, if you've had frustrating ticket buying experience, you have to try Game Time. They have last minute ticket deals that are amazing, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You can get views from all the seats in the venue to see exactly what you're looking at. And they have something called the game time guarantee. That means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My friends, we are also brought to you by the awesome, awesome people at Prize Picks. I'm so excited that Prize Picks is on board. I've been using the Prize Picks app for three, maybe this might be my fourth football season using Prize Picks. It is the most fun you can ever have winning money during football season up to 25 times your money you just select two or more players pick more or less on their projected stats and then place your entry quick withdrawals easy gameplay an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app guys i love 
testing my skills on prize picks during football season. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Guys, you have to try this out. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use promo code locked on college and match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Prize picks truly is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Guys, make sure this Friday and every Friday you check me out and Drake Toll and Kenton Gibbs out on Locked on College Football Kickoff Live Fridays, 11 a.m. until noon. We take you around college football, preview all the big games, big storylines, Heisman race, betting odds, all that good stuff. It's on this YouTube channel, streaming live at Locked On Canes YouTube and every YouTube channel on all the Locked On College networks, 11 a.m. to noon every Friday right here. You can catch it on Locked On Canes. All right, let's take more of uh, your questions. We get one from our good friend, Big Canes fan, who says, hey, I have real concerns over game management, he says. I actually kind of understand letting uh, Cheney get 100 yards in that Georgia Tech game. By the way, um, you know, I don't know if that's what they were trying to do by not taking the knee. Obviously, they would never admit that. Uh, but Cheney did happen to be knocking on the door of 100 yards when he ran that play that ended up being called a fumble. Um, he says, TVD had a rough game. We should have never been in that position against Georgia Tech. I don't think he would be smart to go in the draft this year. It's a stacked NFL quarterback class. No kidding. This is a great quarterback class. He seems to be throwing everything high, he says. There were some questionable calls overall that had me mildly concerned about Mario. It's all good to have all the work ethic in the world, but you have to grow as a coach. Just taking the blame all the time doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, listen, um, it's one of those things we should, I know I did, I understood what we were getting into with Mario Cristobal. He's a program builder, one of the most relentless recruiters in america he's very effective at it um he reminds me a lot of butch davis right someone who is capable of understanding how to recruit and understanding how to identify the players you need to make your team better a program builder but someone who doesn't have a great reputation as a game manager and a time manager and all that um that that was always the mo for mario so i wasn't surprised by i mean i I guess anybody would be surprised by what happened against Georgia Tech, but like I'm not surprised to know that there are certain things that may be lacking in the uh, in the game management department. But uh, I am still of the mind that the most important things that Miami has needed are a culture change and a recruiting overhaul. Like that's the most important way to get from point A to point B. Um, obviously, the jury is still out on how that culture change is going. I still think that things are going in the positive direction and recruiting is definitely going in the positive direction. So, you know, you just have to hope like big Canes fan, like you said, you have to hope that Mario and the coaches are, are actually learning from their management mistakes and not just taking the blame for it. Being accountable is great. You can't grow if you're not accountable, but being accountable doesn't automatically mean you grow from it. You still have to learn from it. And, you know, I, people are talking a lot about Lance Gidry running on the field and getting the 15 yard or hope, hopefully that was like the type of fluke thing that just doesn't happen again. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but obviously that, that was not as egregious as not taking the knee 
the week prior. But I get what you're saying. And, you know, I, I knew what we were getting into with Mario, and I still believe he's a guy who can do this job and make this team better. Uh, we get a question from our guy, Leeds. At what point does Lance Gidry realize that Jaden Davis and Takori Couch are good tacklers but terrible cover guys and make changes at corner and give more deep help with the safeties? Uh, I absolutely think more deep help, especially when you're going up against somebody like Tez Walker. Now, you know, uh, Clemson doesn't have anyone that good at receiver, but you're going to be going up, going up against Keon Coleman in Florida State later this year, and that's going to be a nightmare matchup. It is for any team that goes up against Florida State. I think more safety help is a must. As far as your cornerback personnel, we talked about it with Brian Smith on our morning episode. Um, I, I've got to think there's a good reason why Devonte Brown and Damari Brown and Jadis Richard aren't seeing the field a whole lot that they know what they have in practice, but um, there are limitations there, right? Jaden Davis, Daryl Porter have been awesome this year, but you know, they do lack a little bit of, of size and length, right? They're not as long as some of the guys who are on the bench. Now I'm not going to completely judge Jaden Davis by a nightmare matchup with Tez Walker. Cause that dude is a future NFL receiver, but I totally agree with you on the idea of more safety help. We get a question from Lamont, and I love this one because he's a thousand percent right. Why do we not utilize the tight ends or running backs in the passing game? Every interception, there was a dump off available that's open. Part of that is philosophical. Part of that, I think, is on Van Dyke just uh, not seeing the field enough because usually... First option is Restrepo. Section, second option is Restrepo. Third option is Jacoby George or maybe Colby Young. And, you know, he doesn't really get to the dump off option. Uh, but part of it is philosophical. Um, I really think that this is something Shannon Dawson needs to open up. And it's easy to use the excuse of, well, you know, Elijah Arroyo is your best receiving tight end and he hasn't played. Also, like, I haven't forgotten about Jaleel Skinner. I think the reason why Skinner has not been on the field is, they don't trust him enough as a blocker. I think that that's hurt his uh, chances of getting on the field. But even with Arroyo not having played to this point because of the injuries he's recovering from, I think Riley Williams has earned more reps as a pass catcher. And Cam McCormick has a couple of big catches earlier this season. Uh, sometimes he's open. I think he should get more looks as well. And when you're running air raid principles, I'm surprised we haven't seen more more passes to running backs. I, I think that's something that's got to change. It's got to change. I agree with you. That, that To me, um, outside of turnovers and Tyler Van Dyke struggling the last couple of games, philosophically not using the tight ends and running backs, I think have been a big area where this offense is lacked. Uh, we get a question from Dan who says, hey, since we have a room full of running backs, yet Parrish gets almost all of the carries, why don't we see more of that running back room because each guy has different skills? I think Dan, um, well, first of all, Mark Fletcher, he would be playing. He's been injured the last couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully he gets well soon. I don't know what his status is. Maybe, maybe we'll get an update on that this week. But, you know, Fletcher would be playing if he was available. Um, I think we got an idea why A.J. Allen doesn't play a whole lot, and that's that he he's a work in progress in pass protection. He got bulldozed in pass protection on Saturday. And I would imagine there are probably similar concerns with Chris Johnson. Lightning fast can be a difference maker when he's got the ball in his hands, but do they trust that true freshman to pass protect? I think that's the reason why it's 
mostly been Henry, Henry Parrish and Don Chaney the last couple of weeks. Again, Fletcher would be playing because they do trust him in pass protection. If he was available, uh, I think that's probably the reason why we haven't seen you know, AJ Allen did play a little bit on Saturday, but not not as much as uh, as Cheney and uh, and Parrish did. Uh, and listen, uh, outside of the fact that they both have costly fumbles this year, uh, Parrish and Cheney have been playing really, really well. I think Miami should be kicking more of their runs to the outside, though. I think that's something I would like to see. Uh, we, we got some good stuff from uh, big picture observations from Kane across the alley and from Larry and from Jay Blaze, from Wody. Oh, my good. I don't think I'm going to have time for all these questions today. But you know what? Whatever we don't have time for today, we're going to get to tomorrow. And we're not even done yet, my friends. We continue on on this new episode of Locked on Canes. It's time for our Game Changer of the Week brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Our game changer of the week is Ruben Hurricane Bain. I would argue he's Miami's best defensive lineman right now. One of the better D linemen in the country as an 18-year-old true freshman. You saw the way he was impacting the first half of that North Carolina game with his relentless pressure. And much like Ruben Bain, Athletic Brewing has been completely changing the non-alcoholic beer game because they make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golded, sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to expand their variety. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere. There are no hangovers ever. You can find them in-store, online, and at bars around the country. They're growing very fast. So first-time customers can use our code Locked On at athleticbrewing.com and get 15% off your first online order. That's code locked on, all one word, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, people have been sending us questions and comments. Or We're going to do another one of these this week because there's a lot more we haven't gotten to. We're doing a town hall format on today's episode. If you want to reach me, send text messages directly from your phone to mine and vice versa. Become a Locked on Canes insider. We have a link in the show description below to join. I give you guys a lot of updates, scoops, recruiting updates, a lot of added value. Try it free for 14 days, and then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. Become a Locked on Canes insider. Uh, we get a question, or this is just a comment from Malik. I think it's pronounced Malik. It's Mal4K. I'm assuming the four, is it Malak? I don't know what the four is there. He says, I love my Canes. I'll never waver. Posted years ago, but I bleed orange and green. 24 hours, and then it's time to beat Clemson ass, he says. Thank you. Uh, we get one from uh, from Pat Mack, who says, hey, I know this may be long, but I'd like to bring up four points. Shannon Dawson was great the first four games, but these last two, he seems like Gaddis Jr. Oh, no. It seems like all we do is try to run up the middle. Georgia Tech had eight or nine in the box, but we still ran up the middle. Is it because TVD isn't 100%? If he isn't, start Emory Williams. I know he's a freshman, but so was Tyler when he took over for Derek King. Point four is TVD has to target other receivers that X. The incompletion in the end zone had Horton in front of his defender by a lot. Sorry I'm long-winded, but frustrated up here in the Berkshires. He's the only cane in the county, he says. Well, thank you, Pat Mack. And 
Um, yeah, I think as far as uh, a, a lot of what you said doesn't really even need a comment because you make some good points. As far as uh, why Miami kept running against Georgia Tech, uh, I think two reasons. Number one, it was clear Van Dyke was not on and the passing game was out of sync. So Miami thought our best option is to run. And I can understand why they felt that way because Georgia Tech had uh, 128th ranked rushing defense in the country. So even if they did stack the box, Miami thought we could still put up yards. Uh, and really, uh, it was more mistakes. I mean, three interceptions that day. It was more mistakes in the passing game that cost you not in the running game in that one. Derek in Nashville says, it's turnovers. TVD is part, but not all of the issue. He needs to look off the safeties. This is a major rebuild. I expected three and four. I expect years three and four Miami to be playoff contenders. Um, I, I will say one thing, and I know that, uh, you know, again, um, you know, th this doesn't change anything, but I don't think people would feel nearly as bad about this North Carolina loss talking about the fans, they wouldn't feel nearly this bad about the North Carolina loss if Miami hadn't blown it against Georgia Tech. Because uh, obviously, I'm, I'm sure 5-1 and one feels a lot different from 4-2. and two. I wish we were feeling 5-1 and one instead of 4-2 and two right now. Uh, we get one from Kane across the alley who says, honestly, if you're on the road against a good team, you lose the turnover battle 4 nothing. You turn the ball over as you're scoring a touchdown. Your coach gives the opponent a first down on fourth and 25 from the five-yard line. You allow two touchdowns on third and 20. You're supposed to be absolutely blown out, he says. That didn't happen, which tells me that there is something to work with here. But we have to stop inventing ways to lose games. It's 20 years of this crap, he says. Good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. I don't know how you fix this beyond bringing in more winners. Yeah, that, that seems to be the game plan, by the way, which he seems to be doing, he writes. But even our winners seem to be making bad, costly mistakes. Even our coaches are making bad, costly mistakes. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kane across the alley. Uh, you're right, Kane. I don't have a whole lot to say about that because you hit, you hit the high points there, no question. Uh, we get one from Larry who says, here are my two cents on defense. We need to get more discipline on the back end. James and Cam have to stop. Uh, playing up, leaving DBs on an island. Need more run contain up front. On offense, need to get Ray Ray, Smith, Horton, and Chris Johnson more involved. And time to have tough questions with Tyler Van Dyke. Unlike the other quarterback, he has not progressed in his game. Can't read defenses, locks into X too often. Another game like this might be time to move on to Emory, he says. Our results are to be surprising we all believe or aren't too surprising i think he means to say we all believe this team was seven and five or eight and four team we have too many players not to be getting better it seems in all phases we have taken a step back o-line not playing as well as earlier this year running game has suffered passing game is too predictable defense safety play is awful d-line and linebacker are okay um Thanks, Larry. And so a lot of people, by the way, you reminded me when you talked about the safeties. Um, Cam, you know, he's not he's not looked like his usual self since he came back. And James has not been good the last couple of games either. I know a lot of people wanted me to comment on that. Um, they're not playing, especially James, not really assignment football right now. And there's probably not enough communication in that back end. So I tend to agree with you there. All right, so anyone uh, who sent me a comment or a question it hasn't been read yet, we're going to try to try to read more of those throughout the week. We are going to have the truth teller on tomorrow. Bruce Warner is going to join us 
to talk about the state of the program. We will have more Q&As throughout the week. We're going to do a, a crossover episode with Locked on Clemson later this week. Talk more about that game. And uh, guys, I appreciate you being here. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button. Subscribe to our channel. If you're listening to the audio version, make sure you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, wherever you get your pods, subscribe. Hit five stars. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.